Hello, Community Health Center advocates. This is Shamal Shepard. Welcome to this week's Advocacy in Minutes. Today is June 24th, 2020, and here's the latest in advocacy and more in minutes. Today, I'm standing in for our director, Susan Burton, and joining me is the NAC advocacy team, Kristen St. John and Marie McCauley. This week, we have a lot of updates from the field for you. First, we'll be briefly sharing some upcoming advocacy events and how advocates around the nation can support community health centers in the next couple of weeks. The AC advocacy team will be also hosting America's Health Center equals America's Promise virtual July 4th parade. Please consider joining AC advocacy as we celebrate you with a virtual parade. Submit pictures of your staff and patients and consider adding posters declaring why you value community health centers. Make sure to share the video and tag your members of Congress and state and local officials to help remind them that it is important to value CHCs. If you're interested in adding to the fun, snap some pictures and send them to grassroots at NAC.org no later than this Friday, June 26th. So Kristen, we're still celebrating Pride Month alongside our LGBTQ patients and community members. What are we celebrating today? Hey, Jamal. In the news this week, it was announced that the Center for LGBTQ Health at the University of Mississippi Medical Center in Jackson will be featured in an upcoming episode of Pride Land. Pride Land is a limited docuseries currently airing on PBS. It's always cool to see how healthcare organizations find unique ways of serving community members in culturally competent manner. Let's be sure to tune in. Definitely, that sounds like a great series. We should try to tune in ourselves. So onto some policy updates. There's a lot going on in the Hill this week. Both the House and Senate are expected to vote on their respective bills in response to national outcries to addressing policing systems. It's expected that House members will pass the Justice and Policing Act of 2020 with majority Democratic support. The Justice Act, which is led by Senator Scott, has been met with criticism from Democrats in the Senate for not directly addressing accountability and oversight in policing and also for not including a national police misconduct registry. Senate Minority Leader Schumer is going to attempt to work with Senate Leader McConnell on negotiating amendments to the Justice Act. The NAC Federal Affairs team will continue to follow this legislation to assess its potential impact on community health centers and their missions. Also on the Hill, the House is setting up votes on two bills and COVID-related hearings. The House introduced and is planning to vote on legislation to strengthen the Affordable Care Act, known as the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Enhancement Act. Additionally, the House recently introduced a $1.5 trillion infrastructure package known as the Moving Forward Act, or HR2. The bill includes a provision to authorize $10 billion over five years for health center capital projects and is expected to be taken up next week. While both bills will likely pass the House, the prospects in the Senate are less favorable. In addition, several congressional committees held hearings this week as they continue to monitor the COVID-19 response. The House Education and Labor Committee held a hearing on Monday to discuss how COVID-19 has exacerbated racial disparities. The Senate Health Committee held a hearing on Tuesday to look at lessons learned from the pandemic, and the House Energy and Commerce Committee looked at the administration's response to the pandemic. Marie, is there anything going on at the state level? On Friday, June 19th, a federal judge in New York preliminarily approved the terms of a settlement agreement in a punitive nationwide class action lawsuit brought in 2018 by members of the American Federation of Teachers against student loan servicing company Navient Solutions. Under the terms of the settlement, Navient agreed to enhance its internal practices and policies to better identify and inform borrowers potentially eligible for relief 
under the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Relief Program. Once implemented, the enhancements are expected to benefit borrowers eligible for public service loan forgiveness across all sectors. Wow, what an interesting win for the AFT and community members. Uh, Marie, is there anything going on in the administration? Last month, HHS announced that providers who received more than $150,000 from the Provider Relief Fund would be required to submit a quarterly progress report, starting with a report due on July 10th that covers the period from March through June. Earlier this month, HHS quietly issued an FAQ delaying the July 10th deadline indefinitely. While progress reports on the Provider Relief Fund will be due at some point at this time, there is no additional information available on either due dates or contents of these reports. Last Wednesday, the Federal Reserve issued a proposal to offer low-interest, federally-supported loans to nonprofit organizations for COVID-19 relief. Unfortunately, the proposed eligibility requirements, such as having at least 90 days cash on hand at the time of application, signify that almost no FQHC would be eligible for these, quote, Main Street loans. NAC worked with CapitalLink to submit comments to the Federal Reserve to expand the eligibility criteria so that the majority of FQHCs would qualify. We also reached out to PCAs and HCCNs to encourage them to submit comments by Monday afternoon, the end of the five-day comment period. Thanks, Marie. Kristen, do you have any updates from the field on health center activities? Actually, I do. This week, a mobile medical unit provided by Community Healthcare Systems Incorporated tested over 70 Georgia legislators and staff for two days as the Georgia General Assembly reconvened after a long break due to COVID-19 pandemic. Wow, that's awesome. Big shout out to the Georgia Health Centers out there in the Atlanta area for making sure legislators are taken care of and showing that we all value CHCs. Kristen, before we go, are there any research updates? Yes, NAC is seeking input from health centers on COVID-19 testing challenges they have experienced over the past few months or anticipate to experience as communities reopen. By completing the assessment, you will help NAC elevate health centers' experiences and better advocate on behalf of health centers for COVID-19 response efforts and for long-term health center funding. The link to take the assessment can be found in the Washington Update email you received Tuesday night. Also, the NAC research team published an updated infographic presenting the most recent data from HRSA on health centers' ongoing response to COVID-19. This week's update, which highlights that over a million health center patients have now been tested, can be found by going to nac.org slash research dash data, or just contact Sarah Baser if you have any questions. Thanks, Kristen. Almost forgot one last learning opportunity for advocates. The next session for NAC's Reimagining Care webinar series will focus on reducing talent burnout and increasing workforce resiliency. The webinar will take place on Thursday, June 25th at 1 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to tune in. So thanks, Kristen and Marie, for all of our updates. And for our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Some quick reminders before you go. Please continue to refer to our HC Advocacy Coronavirus Advocacy Tools in this challenging time. You can find the advocacy website at hcadvocacy.org. In order to keep up with all upcoming advocacy events, visit hcadvocacy.org calendar. For further support, please email us at grassroots at nac.org or follow us on Twitter and Facebook at HC Advocacy. As always, a huge thank you to all of our advocates for our strong advocacy efforts. Thank you for listening. Stay safe and healthy, and we'll be back next week.